podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back, and it is me, Scott, with – he's definitely probably number two, maybe number three. I don't know. I'll have to go through it in all-time guest appearances. It's the single greatest human being I know. It is Jimmy Goheen. You might also know him as KSU underscore fan. Jimmy, if we ignore the K-State game, which was a very winnable game, uh, outside of that, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Um, been pretty uh, had had some of the COVID over Christmas break, but have recovered and feel like I'm 100% now. And um, my job and family's doing well. So uh, that's all. I, I mean, to me, that's all you can really ask for uh, during yeah. this crazy yeah. year. So yeah, doing pretty well. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm sad you got the uh, COVID over Christmas. I have a feeling it, that might be the same outbreak that. Uh, Caused my yes. family to have a little bit of a broken Christmas as well. Yeah, we, we uh, it was definitely a small version of a super spreader. I'll, I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm happy. It sounds like everyone who got it from that event has come through on the other side, yes. and I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that. And it's been a it's been a wild ride. Uh, you know, anyone who's listening, definitely, if you're in a group that can get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Um, I know my mom got the first dose. I'm very excited about that. I think Grant was on the path to getting vaccinated soon. I think my cousin got vaccinated. Quite a few folks are starting to because they're in some groups that can get it. So if any bonehead is out there listening, uh, get the vaccine. If you tweet me a picture of your vaccination record, I might send you a Bosco's Boys koozie. Who knows? Uh, So definitely do that. Um, Jimmy, I, I think you said this before we hopped on. Um, it's a bourbon at one uh, fifteen type of day after that game. What what are you sipping on today? I think it's uh, Jim Beam uh, Black Label. Nice. It's, a, it's kind of the, one of their select series, and it's a pretty good sipper. So I definitely re- would recommend it if you like uh, a bourbon like that. No, I not, I not not like a top top shelf, but pretty solid. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sipping on a, a Jay Rieger Kansas City whiskey, and I'm using. Uh, that glass they gave us at the bootleg and basketball event uh, last year before the uh, Marquette game. I tell you what, something I've missed during these COVID times are those fun events that uh, K-State does put on before basketball games in some of the different premium areas. I'm hoping uh, we can get back to that next year. I haven't gone to a game this year. You and I were talking. I think I'm going to try to get out to at least one game uh, when it's all said and done because we'll get into it. it might be the last chance to see Bruce Weber. But before we start getting into the meat of all this, I want to give a shout out to our name sponsor, the name sponsor of the entire Armchair Media Network, Bet Online. Guys, this is the last time you're going to hear us talk. Unless K State beats KU in basketball midweek, then I might hop on for a quick 
uh, quick take, hot take. But chances are this is the last time you're going to hear from us before the Super Bowl. So if you want to get over and gamble on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and all those crazy prop bets in the Super Bowl, do it over at Bet Online. If you use our promo code armchair, you're going to get great welcome bonuses. And guys, we had on the guy who comes up with some of those crazy pop prop bets. We might have to retweet it out uh, midweek because uh, Grant had on the guy over at Bet Online who comes up with some of those crazy props. So get over to Bet Online, have a little fun during the Super Bowl, even if you're not a Chiefs fan. You know, it, putting in like 10 bucks on a couple different props, that's a lot of fun. It makes the game fun. And guess what? You have all sorts of college basketball, NBA, college. European soccer before you know it, MLS will be back. Just everything you could want to gamble on is over at Bet Online. Jimmy, before we get in on uh, the, the Kansas, Kansas State basketball team, um, I know you're also a big Royals guy. If I were to set the over under at 72 wins, 72 and a half wins for this upcoming season, assuming they get the full 162 in, what are you going with? Over or under 72 and a half? I, I think I might take the over on that, but barely. Um, I think they're going to be better. seems like they've got better pieces and, um, you know, hopefully the younger pitching continues to develop. And I think uh, I just, my, my thing is, I mean, I want them to win and play, but I just want to go out to the K this summer, sit in the sun, have one of those $28, 24 ounce Bud Lights and enjoy a game in the K. That's, I mean, that's for, of, of like top 10 wishes in the summer that's that's there well i'm gonna make this promise to you and i'll say something even to the boneheads my promise to you is you and i are going to go to a royals game together sometimes sit out in the sun pay too much for a bud light coors light miller light whatever it is and then what i'm gonna say to the boneheads if things start to look better if enough of you get vaccinated we might try to throw together a little summer bonehead event out at the k show up drink some beers in the parking lot uh, maybe reserve some tickets up in the upper deck just so we can get together. We haven't had, we didn't get to have a tailgate party for a while. We didn't get to have a meet and greet before the basketball game at the Sprint Center. So I missed the boneheads. Tweet in if that's something you might be interested in. And uh, Jimmy, I promise you and I are going to see some Royals baseball this year. Awesome. All awesome. right. So all the good stuff is out of the way. Um, I wanted to get you on because there's no one who I respect more when it comes to talking K-State basketball than you. Um, you and I, I think for different reasons and one of us more maturely than the other have been on a similar roller coaster ride when it comes to Bruce. We weren't Bruce guys at the beginning. I think we both came around um, after yeah. that Elite Eight run. And I think, I, I don't want to speak for you, but it's it's getting to the point where I, I hope uh, we move on and I hope that Bruce gets to phrase it like a retirement. Are you there with me and kind of what led you to being where you are when it comes to, you know, the future or lack thereof of the Bruce Weber era? I, I am. I, I just think there comes a point where um, it's almost like a disconnect with, with coaches anymore. I mean, you just don't see, number one, you just don't see long tenures with coaches but, you know, I've, I've looked a lot at the floor ceiling cycle of Bruce. I mean, he's had it his whole career in, in Illinois and at K-State. And, you know, I looked at the trends where there's clearly a connection between experience and continuity in his roster and success. And there's no doubt in my mind that there would be another cycle up if Bruce 
is is around if and if he can keep these players i mean that's another big question mark but this valley for k-state basketball is literally the lowest valley since 1946 i mean and i'm not exaggerating at all it's going to be the worst team in the three-point era with advanced stats which i can calculate definitively and you just can't drop this low it was one thing to drop to where k-state was in 15 and 16 with the foster uh, nigel johnson that exodus but to, to drop to this low um and the, really the fan support there, there are a few like they've got to be bruce's family or cousins or whatever that still support him on twitter and on the message boards um, but for the most part, I think this fan base has lost it with Bruce. And I just don't think you can afford to keep him around, even in a pandemic year. Um, so, I mean, that's just where I'm at. That I mean, I, I and and I and I don't say this. Uh, there's a lot of people vindictive about Bruce. I'm not one of those people. I still like the man. And, and I'm with you. I, I just wish he had announced his retirement and I could go to a game and, and celebrate BDB, Big Daddy Bruce, one more time and enjoy it and not have to feel this way uh, about K-State basketball. Yeah, so I, I had a theory, and I, I, I've said it the last couple shows, and I want to know if you agree with me or if I'm, uh, if, if I'm wrong, basically, from your opinion. I, I think, and I'm pretty entrenched in this opinion, that the reason why the fan support is now gone and the reason why I think ultimately he will not be back next year uh, – while, while, yes, this being the worst year since the 40s has a big deal to do with it. But in my opinion, my heart of hearts, I think it has more to do with him last year. The fact that he had a roster where I think he could have been on the bubble, but the fact that it was a last place finish and, again, one of those worst seasons in the modern era of K-State basketball when you had some guys back and, again, uh, Cardi didn't work out. McCall Maywean just completely dropped off uh, from where he was. And then Xavier Sneed turned out to be the best tertiary piece in the history of the Big 12, but a guy who couldn't carry the load. Um, and they finished last. I think if they would have finished middle of the pack and if they would have been on a bubble for a tournament that didn't happen or even cemented themselves just in the NIT, I think Bruce would be coming back next year. Am I off base or do you think that uh, – you know, no matter what would have happened uh, last year with this type of season, he wouldn't be coming back. Yeah, I, I, I think he would have the leeway if he would have had that team, even though there wasn't a tournament, if he would have had that team in bubble position, which I agree completely with you. You had Xavier Sneed, Cartier Jada, and you had uh, Mac back from a team. You had Mike McGurl. You have four pretty good pieces. You add a couple – you know, decent freshman and, and Dijuan, Gordon, and uh, and they just did not – I mean, they just fell off the face of the map as the season went along. They lost – they obviously lost, lost Jada, um, and, and that just wasn't enough around Snead to keep him effective as, you know, an all-Big 12-level player. And then there's just – at some point, there's – you run out of excuses. I mean, you want to – I just don't like it. You know, because we've heard several times now, it's not an excuse, but at some point it becomes an excuse, even if it's a somewhat valid reason with the pandemic and all the stuff they've put up with. You just you can't lose like this and expect to be back. No, and, and I agree with you, because I, I think uh, as we saw today, 
the Texas A&M game, and we can touch on some of the uh, moments in that game. We saw how big of a deal Nigel Pack can be for this team, and you lost him for four games due to COVID. And you were supposed to have the extra practices with the international trip and all that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, uh, other teams are dealing with COVID too. Other teams have had to deal with stuff as well. So I – I, I understand if, if I wanted to, I could spend my entire time making these excuses. Every single individual one I think is valid. But when you start coming up with six, seven excuses, eventually uh, you just got to figure it out. And sadly they haven't. And uh, it's frustrating to see because uh, you, you can tell me I'm completely off base if you want, but when I look at these players and, and part of the issue is none of it's consistent, but each one of these newcomers, and then if you add in Dejuan Gordon to the mix too, each one of these young guys have had games where they've completely taken over the game and you see uh, the potential there, but they have never been able to have two or three of those guys have those games at once. Um, do you think that ultimately is something that another coach can fix? Or do you think it's something where, hey, maybe we're just – or people like me are just – picking and choosing moments to uh, try to have hope in when really they need to be looking at, you know, the full resume. Well, it, it I think it's possible, but it would take number one, retaining your best players from this squad, which would definitely be Pack and Bradford. And, you know, you could make an argument for Miguel and Gordon and, and maybe Kasubki. We haven't really seen him. So you don't really know. Uh, maybe a couple others. Easy. I don't know. Um, as, a, as a bench piece, but you've got to take that core and then you probably have to add at least two impact transfers, probably guards, um, maybe one big um, in which, you know, this is, and I've, I've been pounding this drum a lot this season uh, on KSO and on Twitter once in a while, is that the failure of the staff to land impact transfers, um, especially from another school, whether it be a low major or mid major or another P5, um, you know, just, I mean, my, my example is, is Scott Drew at Baylor. You have a squad that has no player ranked in the top 60 rivals as a high school recruit on that team. And they've got a national championship caliber team. You've got transfers from Presbyterian, USC Asheville, UNLV. The, the best player high school wise on Baylor's team was, you know, the kid from that went to Auburn and averaged two and a half points a game in, in his first season. And Scott Drew somehow puts that group together and has the best team in the country. And we can't find one, you know, when there's obvious playing time available, when there's obviously you can come in and be a piece of a, a cycle of rebuild and maybe be the guy like Mac McClung at Texas tech that keeps this as an NCAA tournament team and not dropping off the face of the earth. And that, that the staff could not manage to, to bring that in is maybe my biggest frustration and really is a waste for these young kids that, would have been a nice core with some experienced players that uh, put a, and, and a lot of people like to, to ride Mike McGurl. He's had, he was never in position to be a top three option on a team. That's, that's not his fault that he has to be a top three option on a team when he's obviously not capable of doing that. He's a great fourth, fifth piece and making him the, the number one, number two guy has just been unfair and, you know, as a recipe for failure, which is, you know, what has happened this season. Yeah, it, it has been a failure. And I, I've, I mean, you probably have the receipts on me to prove it. I've been very hard on Mike. Um, I, I think that there have been some games where if you look at 
a returning player for the minutes and what he's had has had some of the worst offensive games I've ever seen. But you, oh, you yes. said it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and you have the numbers on that. But, but like you said, um, it, it's not fair to him. And, again, this almost kind of – it almost reminds me of Will Howard. And, again, I'm, I'm, I'm very guilty of it with him. But you're, ask, you're asking a college kid to do something that they are not capable of. They're not ready for. They – shouldn't have to do and then they catch the ire of fans and it sucks yeah. and, it, and it's unfair to them and uh you know it, it, you almost feel bad for him because I feel like almost every post game Bruce sits him out there to talk to the media and I just you, you feel for Mike McGurl above all of them because you know he, he was a kid who sacrificed year of eligibility and granted he, he can get it back now mm-hmm. if he wants it to but he gave a lot for k-state in some of the in the two two of the best most fun seasons uh, i can remember and now he's kind of going out um being almost the scapegoat of a team where there, there are so many more issues than mike mcgirl yeah yeah i mean i mean you could you could make somewhat of an argument is K-State might not have made an Elite Eight without Mike McGurl having the best game of his career to that point and probably one of the best games overall of his career against Creighton in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So, you know, he showed that when he was asked to be a role player, he could step up and have big play, big games. But, yeah, and he's, and he's had some ugly games. But, again, I mean, when when you're asking him to do things and obviously you're, you're t- letting him do things that, and, and almost he's forced to do things because especially when Pac was out that he's just not capable of doing. Uh, and the season has just proven that. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to knock his skills, but that's just the way the season has played out. And it's just unfortunate. You know, and he's just been caught in, in the whirlwind of, of what has become, you know, probably the, I mean, the worst season in the last 75 years. Yes. I, I can't, I can't disagree with you. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to ask you to put on a hypothetical uh, AD and then hypothetical K-State basketball coach hat here in a second. But before we do, we talked about them up front at the top of the show. Bet online, folks. This is probably the last time we're going to talk to you before the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Chiefs 2-0 and all-time in red jerseys. Uh, t- Tom Brady undefeated in Super Bowls wearing white jerseys. Something's got to give. Uh, get over to Bet Online. Use promo code Armchair for all your welcome bonuses. And again, I'm going to tweet it out midweek. But Grant had on the show back in December the guy who is going to come up with a lot of those prop bets over at Bet Online for the Super Bowl. So if you want to have fun with some Super Bowls, some bet some stupid stuff put a dollar or two on it on bet online because kansas and missouri are too stupid to legalize sports gambling and man i could go on a rant about that because i talked to someone who's in the kansas legislature and talking about why it's not going to get passed in kansas oh man i could rant for a long time on that but i'm not going to because i can go over to bet online use promo code armchair for your welcome bonus all right jimmy i'm gonna ask you some questions uh, some of the stuff we've touched on, some of the stuff I think you're on the record for, but I'm going to ask you to first put on your athletic director hat, and then I'm going to ask you to put on a coach's hat as well. But I just want to get a very smart basketball mind kind of on the record with how you would go about things. Uh, you and I both had talked 
at the top of the show about how we think it's time for Bruce to go away. Hypothetically, if the money was there for a buyout right now, you knew that if you had to write the check, you could. Uh, after this game, Bruce is in Manhattan. You're the AD. Uh, how are you going about, you know, there's only four weeks left in the season before the Big 12 tournament. How do you go about handling the relationship with Bruce? That's a great question. Um, I, I think you got to be honest with the guy and forthright once you know you have the money in, in tow. Um, I'd almost – I'd encourage the retirement to make this as, as – good of ending as possible and you know for the majority of fans no matter what it's not going to be a good ending but for a few of us that still you know have some respect for Bruce and the good things he did at K-State you know it give give those of us that are in that camp a chance to enjoy it to uh to kind of finish an awful two-year stretch on a semi-positive note knowing that you know Bruce did some good things you know we can talk about the we I mean people know it the big 12 titles and the elite eight and and, and what he's done well, people can celebrate that knowing that um, there's going to be a change and there's going to be a different direction in the future, which I think pretty much everybody, but maybe one or two percent of the fans at this point are ready for. Yep. So it, you hypothetically get the retirement. You're able to do hashtag. Thank you, Bruce, for the final month of the season. Uh, and then it's time to find a coach. Um I think everyone at K-State knows you did a great job of laying it out on K-State Online. I talked about in the last show, uh, you know, K-State doesn't have a history, nor have they shown that they can go out and poach a head coach for basketball from a peer program. Um, so what would be your uh, strategy in trying to find the leader of the next year of K-State basketball? Well, I like a guy that's shown – one of two things. I mean, I, I'm intrigued by the hot young assistant, which, you know, there's some out there. Um, I think, you know, we watched KT Turner leave Texas last week when uh, Shaka was out and he's got a pretty good track record, been around the block a lot, been in a lot of different places uh, with a lot, you know, several good coaches and has proven as a recruiter. Doesn't so, he have ties to Manhattan? Didn't he go to Manhattan he, High? He graduated from Manhattan High because his dad was a coach and uh, coached under Dana Altman, I believe. So, or, or Asbury, I can't remember which one. But anyway, you have that connection. I, I like that. You know, obviously people are going to bring up the Gene connection coaches. You know, Tim Miles, we can – no, thank you. Although I like Tim Miles on his podcast, I don't want him to be my head coach. Um, but, you know, Gene does – Tim Miles does have some guys under his coaching tree that – I think are legit, even though, you know, Craig Smith has lost, lost a couple games in the last couple weeks. I think he's probably the top of the 10 miles coaching tree. You know, there's questions about him because his team at Utah state is kind of filled with um, some foreign players and not a lot of, you know, U S recruits. I do like that. He found a transfer from Virginia. That's one of his best players this year. Um, I like that. He leads with defense. His teams work hard and he's, he's had, his, he, what he did even at South Dakota was really impressive. So I like him, you know, Medved, um, Nico Medved from Colorado State. I know someone you don't like. I, I would melt down if it's he's, Nico. He's, he's, he's done a couple – he has had some – he's improved Colorado State every year he's been there. So I could see that. But really after those two, um, I cannot remember his name. There's another one that was under Miles. It's a, 
is the second assistant at UCLA and has been under some pretty good coaches. And I like him. Um, but after that, you know, it's really, it's going to be the, whoever K-State hires, fans are going to be able to find flaws because we're not going to get a home run. It's not going to be Bob Huggins again. So, um, which is about as much home run as K-State is probably ever going to have, you know. The, the second best hire in K-State history is probably Jack Hartman because, you know, he he led Southern Illinois to really good seasons as they were kind of – it was different back then because it was like Division Two, Division One had this weird disconnect because Southern Illinois was kind of a Division Two program, but then they went to the NIT and won it, which was kind of a weird thing back then. Anyway, that's it. I'm diverging here, but – so the most home, home run hire K-State can have, that's going to be debated and no fan is going to agree. But the key is get someone that the majority of the fan base can be energized around. And so, you know, you I know we've talked about Jans from New Mexico State or New Mexico. Uh, I think it's New Mexico State. And he, he's got a good track record. He's got the issue at Bowling Green, which is going to be brought up. So you so you don't want a coach that got drunk in a bar and started uh, slapping some ass? Well, I, I mean, we forgave Bob Huggins. So, um, I mean, be for, you can forgive again, but it's 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 like in the last four or five years. So, but he's done a heck of a job in New Mexico what, State. What's so. Larry Eustacey up to these days? <laughs> yeah, good question. Uh, so anyway. I mean, those the, those names I mentioned are the ones I've thought of. I'm, there's plenty of others out there. I'm not. I don't have a comprehensive list, but those are the ones I've looked at. I know, and and I'm gonna bring him up. Uh, I don't like him, but I, I respect. Uh, he, he's competed on the show in K State Jeopardy, and another one of my all time favorite human beings, Michael. Uh, you know, make it rain. I don't know if he said yeah. his last name on the podcast or not, so I'm not gonna say it. I yeah, I don't think he said it on the podcast. So I'm just gonna make it rain, Michael. Um, but he, he was he's a good guy. He's a good dude. Oh, he first off, like literally one of my favorite people ever. All my interactions with him have been the best. Michael, if you're listening, first off, let me know if I've said your last name on the pod or not. I'm not trying to dox anyone. I just can't remember. But if you're listening, I don't know. But whenever Sporting KC gets their seasons up and going, I'll buy your ticket. I'll buy your gas for you to come down here. I miss going to Sporting KC games with you. Uh, so shout out to you, but you were on Twitter uh, singing the praises and maybe not singing the praises, but trying to get me to calm down at the name of David <laughs> Richmond uh, from North Dakota state. He's, he's on my break a sink uh, like list, but you, you did kind of convince me to settle down a little bit on him. I don't necessarily want him, but you have credit for kind of making me chill out a little bit because I spazzed out when I saw you referencing it. Um, but he single-handedly kind of got me to be like, all right, I won't break a sink over him. So again, it'll be interesting if the time comes. Uh, so here, here's my question to you then if you are, so keeping your AD hat on, uh, throw out getting the fans excited again. Uh, if, if you were coming in for a coaching interview, uh, with Jimmy, the AD, what is the two or three things that you most are looking for out of a guy? Uh, to if you want to hire them? Number one, um, what is your recruiting strategy, philosophy for getting kids to K-State that have talent? Um, what is, you know, a mix of high school kids, 
You know, I think K-State has proven this. I mean, K-State just had a top 30 rivals recruiting class with, you know, several top 150 players. So obviously you, you've proven you're probably not going to get top 50 kids at K-State, but you can get plenty of 75 to 125 kids at K-State. So clearly I think you have to build a program at K-State with high school kids. I think it's more of a developmental program. You're going to develop players over time. But what about transfers? What's your philosophy on that? What's your, you know, what's your uh, strategy to do that? How do you go about it? Um, you know, because I, you know, we've seen pretty much every other program in the conference besides KU and Texas, clearly, and somewhat West Virginia, is has at least one or two impact transfers on their roster. And besides us, you know, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not dogging on Iziagu, but he's not an impact transfer. He's, but he's our only guy right now that's really a transfer. So what, what is your strategy on that? Number two, what is your strategy to connect with K-State fans? Because I, I don't know. I mean, clearly Bruce never was able to do that and probably never could have from the circumstances he came from and a little bit his personality. Just, you know, it's just not his deal to be that kind of media savvy dude. You know, also the opposite was Jim Woolard. Was the opposite kind of was Jim Woolridge, who was, I think, fantastic at that, but an awful basketball coach. No, it's what worse than Bruce by far. Oh yeah, well, but and no, it's Woolridge was. Go ahead. I'll, sorry. I'll just, one little antidote. When when Woolley was hired, I remember he had like a sit down at uh, Rusty's uh, at Rusty's where he sat up at a table with the microphone. You could come into the bar. There was like twenty people there because K State basketball was in the doldrums. But we went, you know. Well, he just sat up there, had a beer, and talked to the fans and asked questions from college students. And it was like, Bruce is not going to do that. Now, I don't know if any college coach now would do that, but that was a cool thing from, you know, that's my little wooly antidote. But anyway, what was your question? Well, it wasn't a question. It was more of a statement and kind of talking up uh, the K-State in-house media and social media because they got Mm -hmm. Bruce – uh, after that Elite Eight run and all during yes. the uh, Big 12 championship run and even early on last year, they were able to help foster uh, – fans took on the BDB Big Daddy Bruce yep. or Big yep. Dick Bruce, however you want to do it. <laughs> they helped – fans kind of took that and run. But K-State in-house media, they helped uh, give Bruce that chance. And honestly, Bruce's opening press conference sucked. So I don't know if there's anything they could have done there, but if they would have been more aggressive in the rollout of Bruce, I don't think it would have, I don't think he would have started off on such a like down foot. And again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make this little podcast be more important than it is. But when Bruce Weber said, yes, I'll come on your show. And he allowed Grant and I to come into the ice basketball training facility. And he gave us a tour and he sat down with us and he talked with us for about 30 minutes before we started recruiting and about an hour afterwards. And we were able to see how good of a guy he was. I think that really helped uh, at least our, my microscopic, it is a very tiny little pocket of K-State Twitter and the reach of this podcast. But I think it helped, you know, turn the tide. I know it did for me. I know it did for Grant. I know it did for some of the boneheads. So uh, whoever the next one is, and it's not even self-serving, uh, do small little podcasts like this. Do sit downs with KSO. Do sit downs with Kels Robinette. You don't have to do anything with the other subscription site, but if you want to, go ahead. But I think, and he, and he did, he did with that site too. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, 
he shouldn't have, <laughs> but, but, but it doesn't matter. I'm not going to talk about, I, I, I'm trying to be less petty towards I know, him. It's, but I'm just, I'm I getting it on by saying, I was like the, the only site that called for him to be fired multiple times. Yeah. I, that site. <laughs> yes. That site. And, and again, what it, it, it is, what it is, but I, I think that uh, at least case under the Gene Taylor era, uh, they have really acknowledged that they can do a lot of in-house stuff in making the coaches more available. And that goes so far when it comes to player relations. John Curry did a lot of things very good for K-State. He did a lot of things uh, on the financial side, on the facility side, all that type of stuff. And hell, he hired Bruce Weber and he got two Big 12 titles and Elite Eight. I saw I saw John Curry in a purple polo at the K-State Alumni Association get-together before the Elite Eight game versus Loyola. He was soaking up that his guy went that far. But he was not good about uh, marketing himself to the K-State fans. He was great at marketing himself to outside of K-State. And he wasn't really good at facilitating uh, the K-State personalities, be it coaches or players, to K-State fans. And Gene Taylor's staff gets that. So so I think they will do it, but I think because there isn't the home run hire, you and I talked about it, there is not a home run hire. Um, so I think it's going to be important. They do the full Chris Kleiman, uh, you know, tour of, hey, here's here's the video of him coming to town. It's a he wins the press conference, he wins the local media, he wins the fans, he goes on small, tiny little podcasts, and he has sit-downs with the big journalists and subscription sites. Whoever it is, they're gonna have to do that job too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, PR is part of the game and, and getting your fans interested, you know, and, you know, clearly the dynamic of fans attending games is different now than it even was maybe five, eight years ago. It's just changed a lot with the options you have available to watch games, you know, and that's just reality. So um, I think looking at fan attendance is, is kind of the wrong avenue for you know, clearly just defining how much your fan base likes your coach. But at the same time, you've got to get some buy-in. You've got to have your fans um, appreciating the coach and what they bring to the table. And, you know, that's that's going to be a big step if a change is made is making sure that happens well. Yep, I agree with you. Was there any other major point? Because I kind of cut you off on what you'll be looking for if you're going to hire the next coach. Yeah, I mean, I said recruiting and I said um, – engagement with the fans. And then, you know, you've, I think at K-State, you know, I, you know, the people want, I think people like look at Nate Oates and what he's done at Alabama. I mean, they did lose to Oklahoma today, but you know, his, his style where you shoot a three or a layup or a dunk, I mean, it's clearly, that's what they do. They do it really well. He's recruited well. And Alabama's always had pretty decent basketball players. They just have never had great coaches. Um, so that's kind of the modern, what people want, high, you know, 75 possessions a game. Um, but I'm not sold that you have to do that. I think more the Chris Beard, Texas Tech model, winning with defense. You know, you don't have to play 60 possession games, but 68, 69 possession games, middle of the pack as far as pace goes. Um, and then an offense that is, is more balanced than, than what we've had at K-State. Um, Bruce's biggest talking point is always how many assists there are to made field goals, which is fine. But at the other hand, if you have players that can go out and make plays, you're not always going to score off an assist. And that's not a bad thing if you've got that style of player. So you look at a lot of good programs in the Big 12 
and they're not winning the assist rate battle. They're winning shooting twos, shooting threes, not turning the ball over, getting offensive rebounds, getting to the free throw line. That mean the things that matter in basketball. And and it, honestly, personally, as a side note, I would ask if the guy uses valid analytics because Bruce does not and never has. You know, assist rate and talking about the uh, hockey assist, which I like to make fun of, is not a valid assist. Uh, not a valid stat. I'm sorry. Let's let's get over that one and let's move to real stats. Bruce talks about plus minus after games, which I think is the stupidest individual stat in basketball, especially for one game. It's just the dumbest thing in the world. But I'm not going to digress too much about analyzing stats right now. Definitely. <laughs> All right. So uh, first off, I I, th- I think that whoever is hired at K-State, they should at least bring you on as a, you know, an analyst or a contract worker or something. I, I think, I think, I think they should be throwing you a little bit of dime on the side, but let's. The, the, the funny side note on that, I, I know there was a time because I got messages on, on uh, Twitter that there was a guy on Bruce's staff that used some of my analytics, individual stats and team stats and would bring it to meetings because he told me that. So anyway, I didn't, I didn't get paid or anything for it, but I still, it was kind of cool at the time. No, that, that is cool. That is cool. So uh, put, put on your coach hat for a little bit. Uh, We all know that whoever comes in, um, you know, it's, it's not like you have a ready-made big 12 championship contender roster, but there are some pieces on here so give me just one through five the five or and if you don't if you don't think there's five worthy of it that that's fine too but if you're going to power rank at least three up to five guys that you want to keep on this roster if you're a new head coach how would you power rank them i would go pack and bradford in their their class by themselves i think you definitely keep those two um i think dejuan gordon is, is in my top five. Selton Miguel's in my top five. Um, after that, I'm, I'm not as sure. Um, it might be Kasubki, but I don't know for sure. I mean, I, he missed it, but I liked it. The guy had the, the nuts to take that late three in the game, even though he missed it. You know, and the, even the announcer said, I don't know if you want Luke Kasubki shooting that shot. But I like that Luke Kasupki thought he should shoot that shot. So, you know, I'm, I don't know if he's a true shooter. I mean, this team needs some shooters. So definitely those guys. I think Eziagu is, is a capable five off the bench for 10 to 15 minutes a game in this league. Um, but another thing that just drives me bananas, the, the insistence on starting Bradford and Eziagu together the last two games – I don't understand it at all. So I, I had a text message. So I, I had a text message conversation and I tried to defend it as in, I, I think that if you were trying to lay out the top five most talented guys on the team, I think both Bradford and easy right now are in that you might disagree. I think that Bruce is just trying to find anything to find a way to jumpstart this team, get them to start hot. It obviously hasn't worked. I mean, it didn't work first Baylor, the handful of minutes. uh, What was the game before Baylor? I can't even remember. Um, Was it TC? No, Oklahoma. Was it Oklahoma on the road? They played a little bit together. It hasn't worked. It didn't really look great to start this game. So I think he needs to go away from it. I I agree with you. So um, 
my next question to you is uh, you, you already have one guy who is signed on to come in uh, next year in the recruiting class. You have one guy who's verbally committed. Assuming those two guys end up coming, how many positions ideally would you want the new coach to have to work with in the transfer transfer market as in transfers coming in? And what type of players do you hope to see the new guy uh, target with those handful of uh, transfer options he presumptively will have? I, th- I think this team needs a uh, – number one, I think this team needs another combo guard type player that can lead the defense. I think it's, he's got to be a guy that can lead the defense. Um, you know, Lowry's – Chris Lowry has a mantra of – you know, cut off the head of the snake with your your best guard defender taking away the opponent's best guard, usually their point guard. And I think that's right. And this team does not have that, which has led to the worst defense ever at K-State. Um, and so you've got to go find that. I think if you can find a stretch four type player or a swing, a, a long swing, six 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 seven type guard, um, to play the four, um, to give you an option besides Selton Miguel's the four if he stays around. Because um, I just think, you know, Bruce has – it's just funny to me that Bruce has had good success with playing basically two small forwards a lot in his career, even at K-State. Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, with with Dean Wade at the four and then Mack at the five, he fell in love with having a – a 6'9", 6'10", kid at the four, but Dean was a freak, and you're not going to find another Dean more than likely. So, you know, you look at, you know, Shane Southwell and Nino Williams were pretty effective players at the four for Bruce early in his career, and he's gone away from that. So I think you need that, and then probably another guard in addition because I think they're going to lose some off the roster, and then you go find, you know, I mean, I I would assume – a new coach with the tr- new transfer rules is going to have five or six spots to work with at least. Hopefully yeah. not more than that, but maybe more. Yeah, hopefully not more, but <laughs> I think uh, I think between four or five I think is likely, uh, but we're going to see what happens. That's all I had for you. I appreciate you coming on uh, after that game. I, I was thinking we were going to get a win. I hope we have yeah. a win or two left in the Bruce Weber era, but I, I think uh, – the Bruce Weber era is coming to an end, and um, I think folks need to uh, be keen to, keyed in to what you said because I think you're one of the smartest basketball minds uh, around, and I'm just lucky enough to call you friends. So that's all we have today. Um, Boneheads, I would tell you I love you guys. Grant would say me to Cathead. I'd say go Chiefs, but I'm going <laughs> to give Jimmy the platform. Where can everyone find you? Uh, Twitter, message boards, all that type of stuff, and then also say whatever you want to – uh, anyone who's listening to the show um, on, on Twitter, KSU underscore fan, uh, where I post a lot of stats and stuff and, and feelings and uh, about the program, both football and basketball, a little bit of Royals. Um, I'm more of a fanboy with the Royals and not as analytical, to be honest, because I, I, I'm not a big baseball stats guy. I just like watching the game and having a beer. Um, but as far as K, uh, K-State, you know, I'll, I'll just say this. I don't want to be known as a Bruce hater because I'm not. Um, but I let the, the numbers speak for themselves at the end of the day. And, and if you go back and look at my Twitter feed, 
I celebrated the team when they were doing well. I posted all the good things they were doing. And I'm just, I'm not going to change that and be propaganda machine when they're doing bad. So, um, so that you find a lot there. I help out with KSO. I do game previews and post game write-ups and post a little bit. So um, you look at um, some of the stuff I do there to help out DY and Flanders, who I think do a great job with that website. And um, it's just, it's a tough year for K-State sports. You lost five in a row in football and you're having an awful basketball season. Um, but, you know, things cycle. I mean, I know fans feel like it's, it's only going to get worse from here, but at a program like K-State, um, you hope the lows aren't this low, but you're going to have lows, you're going to have highs, and you're going to have highs again in the next five years. You're going to see NCAA tournament teams, maybe a second weekend run, top three finish in the league. You're probably going to see a top three finish in football as well. So just stick with your cats. Um, don't get too cynical. Try not to hate people. Be disappointed in, in programs and things that are going bad, but I just don't – I think making things personal um, against players and coaches even, um, unless they're just being complete jerks, is, is not the way to go. You know, I, I have no doubt that Bruce Weber is working as hard as he possibly can. It's just, you know, it's just not meant to be right now. So um, sometimes that's just the way it is. So um, be positive, stay healthy. Get the vaccine if you can get it. You know, my, my thought is the more people that get the vaccine, the more closer we get to back to normal and having 45,000, 50,000 people at K-State Stadium and 12,000 in the Bram and the Octagon of Doom. Hopefully, hopefully we get back to the Octagon of Doom someday again, by the way, not just the Octagon of Gloom. So that's, that's all I got. Perfect. All right. One final note. I said I was going to be done. Just one more shout out. If anyone sends me a bet online uh, screenshot of your ticket of any, I, and that means any bet on the Super Bowl, I will send you a Bosco's voice koozie. If you've gotten your vaccine, send me a screen grab of your vaccine uh, records. I will send you a koozie. And then uh, trying to think if there's any other fun giveaways we can. Now, I don't think we have anything else. So just send me those things. We'll send you some koozies. Um, we love you guys. And listen, Jimmy, don't be hateful. Don't be dicks to each other. And uh, we will get better. So uh, love you guys and uh, go Cats and go Chiefs.
Social Podcast Network.